Hi, and welcome to Storytime with Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs, together with... Me, Yossi, his sidekick! Yay! To send much-needed donations to JRoot Radio, the address is JRoot Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. Uh, j Radio can be found on Naki Radio, and it also can be found on j And at 712-432-2444. And that is 712-432-2444. You can call in at 718-506-9099, and you could uh, also follow the archives by following the menu at the end of the show, if you would like to call in to tell us what you learned. So the number is 718-683-5858. Of course, uh, if you would like to text in for information about how to sponsor a program or to advertise, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. Also, if you would like to text in a story suggestion with all its details, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. If you are interested in hiring Rabbi Yitzhi for either live storytelling or storytelling on Zoom, uh, and or if you want to hire Rabbi Yitzhi to do his famous Kayach from the Moyer show, uh, uh, you know, uh, or you're interested in information on how to learn martial arts lessons or Qigong energy exercises, or if you're interested in art lessons or anything of that nature, you know, uh, for more information, call 718-375-1294. The number again is 718-375-1294. Rabbi Yitzhi's CDs are in most stores, and if you have a CD that is not in the store, you can call the 718 number 375-1294 to ask for uh, the current list to be faxed or uh, emailed. Rabbi Yitzhi books are also on sale in stores also at your local farmer store. Okay, hope you don't mind that I did all that. No, it's quite all right. So I guess we could go straight to the story now. Okie dokie. So I am ready to start. Uh, okay, uh, but uh, what about... Yes, 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 of course. Of course, it's once again sponsored as Rafua Shlema for uh, Chaim Yosef Tzvim and Sora Miriam. And also, a continuous, it's really happening, it's amazing, uh, for uh, Rafael uh, Avram Yitzhak, Rafael Avram Yitzhak Ben Gittel. Okay, and we got that straightened out. And, uh, oh yes, of course, uh, a belated happy birthday to Masha Nakanowski. I'm sorry, but I didn't wish you the happy birthday last week, which was more apropos to do then, but I listened to your message after I did the show. Okay, so anyways, uh, better late than ever. Okay, so now I am ready to start a story. Have you got any story for me to tell? Did Mandy Z send you something? Uh, not really. Uh, well, he sent me something, but I think it was short. So I'm not going to do that one, but I have another one. Ah, uh, really? Which one? Ah, uh, well, uh, not just a page. Uh, not, not just a page? Who are you paging? No, 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 not got that kind of page. Yes, there's a page, like when you call somebody, you say, I will page Mr. So-and-so. Yeah, yeah, so what kind of page? I'm talking about an actual page, you know, like, you know, a page. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> a page of what? Uh, well, if I could tell the story, uh, <coughs> I guess I'll get to it. <coughs> Excuse me there. Uh, pardon me for a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, now uh, we can continue. Ow, what was that, schnapps? No, 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 it's plain water. Okay, anyway, so now, um, uh, let's see. Okay, so this is a very interesting story. Uh, that happened in the times of, you know what? I got a great idea. Yeah, what is it? I'm going to give you a part. Me? A part in the story? Sure, sure. You know what? While I give the introduction, okay, here, here, okay, look over the script over here. You do that, and I'll give the introduction to the story, and uh, um, you'll like the part because it's just right for you. Oh, boy, is he mischievous. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Huh? How can he be this and that at the same time? Shh, don't give it away. Don't give it away. 
I, I told you, you know, like, oh, it's a good part. Oh, yes, it is. I like it. I like it. Okay. All right, so here we go. This story took place, obviously, somewhere between the time period of 1873 and 1912. More likely, it happened between 1879 and 1912. And it's possibly, it probably happened in the early 1900s. That means it could have possibly happened between 1900 and 1912. And why do I say that? Well, because this is a story that happened in the times of the great tzaddik, Rabbi Elio Chaim Meisels. Oh, right. Some people call Meisels, some people call Meisels or whatever. Yes, yes. But if you're sure, it's called Elio Chaim, and some people call him Rabbi Elio Chaim. But all right. But anyways, um, he was a very interesting person. Wow, yeah. If I remember correctly, I once learned... That he lived from 1821 to 1912. Wow, he's like about, was 91 years old when he was Nifta, right? That's right. He was Zeichatarichas Yomim, and in those days, if somebody lived that long, boy oh boy, that was called Arichas Yomim. For sure, for sure, for sure. Okay. Anyway, so let me give you a little background to him. I'm not going to give you all the time because I don't have the time to tell the time because uh, I never told this story before. So that means I have no idea how long it's going to take me to tell the story. So therefore, I'm not going to give you the whole yeshiva background, but I'll just tell you he's a very experienced rav, a very patient, and very well in demand. So uh, what do we mean by that? For example, uh, he was a rav in Hyrodok, Okay, there was a place called Hyrodok in Poland, of course, and he was the rub over there from 1840 to 1843. Then from there, he took a position in Drazin. In Drazin, he was a rub over there from 1843 to 1861. So he was there a fairly decent amount of time. And then in 1861, he took a, 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 a job as a Rav in Prozan. And Prozan, he was the Rav from 1861 Apparently so, because his final destination would be in Lodz. He would be the Rav from 1873 to 1912. Wow! That means from 1873 until he was finally Nifter. I don't want to use the word finally, but when he was Nifter in 1912, so that means he was there for, uh, let's see, um, uh, 27. Thirty-seven, thirty-nine years, something like that. Uh, very possibly, yes. If you do the calculations, I didn't sit and calculate, but if you did, it's fine. Okay. Anyways, he was the rub there for a long time. But one second, I got a problem. What's your problem? Well, you said he was a rub in Lumza from eighteen sixty-seven to eighteen seventy-nine, but then he became a rub the t uh, in Lodz eighteen seventy-three. Ah, uh, 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 so let me clarify that. So even though he was still a shtickle of the Rav in Lamza until 1879, he uh, uh, accepted the title to be the chief rabbi of Lodz. Now, Lodz was a pretty big city for those times, okay? So uh, eventually, because his responsibilities as the chief Rav in uh, Lodz was getting to be very complicated and very tedious, I guess, so he had to give up being the Rav of Lamza also. So by 1879, he was no longer the Rav of Lamza. He was full-time Rav and Chief Rabbi of Lodz. Got that? I think so. All right. And what was he always busy with? <laughs> well, you know, Rabbi Meisels was a very brilliant and smart man and a very terrific And he had a lot of confidence in what he was doing because he followed Baderach Torah very stark and he had such a moon in Batochem. It was unbelievable. It's good to learn from him. Okay, okay. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yes, yes. And he was always fighting the anti-Semitism that was going on there, a little bit of the Ascala movements and things like that. So he was busy with that. Now, this story 
we're going to start off with a person named Arla. <laughs> Arla. Yes, yes, yes. Arla. Uh, oh, that's me. That's my part. That's right. And you are a daydreamer. <laughs> but I'm not just a daydreamer. No, but you are mischief like he is. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, did I say Lush and Hara? Uh, uh, well, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, all right, I, I'm Michael. I'm Michael. Uh, okay, good. Baruch Hashem. You know, you're not allowed to say Lush and Hara even in front of the guy. You know, you're not supposed to insult. Because then it could be Ines Devor. But all right, we're not going to go into that because that's not what the story is about. Okay, so anyways, Arla was a very big daydreamer. Yes, indeed. So, uh, you know, uh, and he had a friend of his. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, his name was Shmulek. You know, Shmulek. Okay, well, uh, Shmulek. I, that, I, I like Shmuel, and we become Shmulek because the way they used to do the Yiddish nicknames. That's right. Okay, so Arla is Arye. Right. Okay, so uh, you're Arla. Okay, and it's very interesting. So we're in the middle of uh, the Rebbe, uh, his Rebbe Remendel was giving sheer to his class. Now, Arla was maybe, I would say about 11 years old. Yeah, I would say 11 years old. Okay, Arla was sitting there in his classroom, and his Rebbe was speaking, and he was saying, Kinderlech, 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 just the vision einjach, is you know one thing, Mirzashem, a Tubishvat, is coming around the bend. And we're going to be learning about Tuvishvat eventually. Okay, but you know, so, but some people are thinking about what fruit they could use to get a Shechayuni. You know what I mean? If it's possible, it's possible. But the icky thing is to remember that on Tuvishvat, what is happening is on Tuvishvat is that it's considered the Rosh Hashanah for the Lilonos, mainly from Eretz Yisrael, but it has effect against the, God, the whole world, you understand? Now, you know, many rabbis, they make a tish about this, you know, and make a tubishvat tish and give out frucht and things like this, and they sing and everything like this, because also uh, what they want to say is that also people uh, daven uh, for the esrogim, uh, the trees that grow the esrogim, uh, should have a good crop, you understand? So this way the Esroigen can be beautiful uh, for the upcoming year, okay? Because that's when I think they take root or something. If I remember correctly, I've been a Shafam, I've been a Rebbe, but okay, no, no, what can I tell you? All right, anyways, so the Zach is a Zoy. Okay, so anyways, and of course, the Rebbe was going on and explaining about Tubishvat. And as he was doing that, Arla was starting his daydreaming. Well, I could just see it now. Me. I'm grown up. Wow, look at that beard I got. That's a pretty long beard. Uh, let me see. It's in my imagination. So maybe I can have a little shorter beard. Uh, no, that's too short. Uh, <coughs> a medium-sized beard. Ah, that's good. Ah, uh, 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 yeah, and I like that look. The glasses are hanging over a stickle over the nose. Ah, <laughs> beautiful. So that's the way I look now. I'm now in the shul giving a drasha. Okay, and uh, the, the oilem is uh, still a little talking. Let me give a clap on the beamer. Okay, a boy side, a boy side, a boy side. Uh, I want to tell you uh, that I am the rub over here. And I want to give you a Muslim's understanding. And I want you to understand that uh, we are all like trees. And we have to spread our branches with our leaves to give shade to everybody. That means whatever we do has an effect on other people. Excuse me, Rabbi Herbs, one second. If I am going to be uh, Arla, I mean, he's mischievous, so how come he's giving such a good Muslim in his imagination? <laughs> it's because Arla has inspirations of thoughts of not wanting to be, a, you know, like some, uh, uh, like a blacksmith or something like that, or a shoemaker. No, he has inspirations that he wants to be like a, like a Rav, a, 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 a Baldarshan. It's amazing, you understand? Ah, got it. Okay, let me get back into character. All right, now I'm back as being, uh, okay. Okay, now, now I'm reading, I'm speaking to you. Be like a tree. The tree has roots, which means that we have to grow strong with our roots of Torah. 
And we have to remember, if we sever our roots, if we cut our roots, we'd be like a tree. You cut the roots of a tree, the tree falls over and it's gone. Okay, so we cannot sever our roots, and our roots go all the way back to the house Sinai. Yeah, 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 by Martin Toya. And that's what it is, okay? And uh, I want everybody to understand that uh, besides the trees, you know, the, uh, you know that the roots go in there, the branches go spread out. And that means we have uh, children, grandchildren, Talmudim, and everything, and they have to be connected to us, the tree, which means they have to follow the Derech Atoyrefosh Okay, so that's what I wanted to say. All right, so that's exactly uh, uh, what it is. So now, when we spread our branches, like the, the shade from the leaves, bring a big shade on everybody, right? And that shade, of course, is, you know, mamish, uh, uh, you know, how should I say, that, you know, it covers people, it protects them from the sun. So uh, a tati and a mommy and a rebbe, his job is to protect, uh, and a rob of a shtetl is to protect the rest of the, the kihila, uh, everybody, the congregants, to protect them and to make sure they stay on the track that's what they have to do. Now, of course, what ended up happening was he was getting so deep in his imagination that even though he wasn't speaking out loud, his body in his daydreaming was starting to match with his body while he was sitting in his chair. And next to him was Shmulek sitting over there in the next chair. And so before you knew it, he started as he was imagining, and his facial expressions were starting to go, and people were slowly turning around. Rebbe, what's uh, Arla doing? I don't know. Very interesting. I think he's daydreaming again. Oi, Vias Mia. Oi, a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, Arla doesn't seem to hear me yet. Uh, maybe I should walk over to him. But before the Rebbe walked over to him, what Arla did was he was uh, noticing that, you know, subconsciously he was hearing like a little tumult in the class that the kids were noticing something about Arla. And so he was hearing a little noise, so he was still thinking about himself being a rov, giving a drusha. So he wanted to bang on the bima in his imagination, and he wanted to give a zets, you know, over there to get quiet. And he was going to think about going like, but instead of doing that, he did the motion, but he didn't realize he wasn't hitting a beamer. He was bopping. Don't tell me I was bopping Schmulek. That's right. You were bopping Schmulek on the head. But don't hit him so hard, okay? Uh, okay. I'll just, uh, you know, like, uh, okay. All right. And uh, Okay, here we go. Sha, sha, la boysa, la boysa. Hey, what's going on here? What are you doing? Hey, Arana, what are you hitting me in the head for? I'm not hitting you in the head. I... Oh, hi, everybody. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what's happening? Uh, did I do something wrong? Uh, why is everybody staring at me? Hi, everybody. Oh, it's time to go home? No, Arle, not time to go home yet. But you were daydreaming again. Uh, daydreaming? Uh, me? Daydreaming? What, what are you talking about? I, I was listening to you, Sheer. You were talking about a tree being planted in the ground. I was talking about two bishvat. And you were talking about the tree with the roots and everything, and how we have to be connected to the Torah. The tree represents the person that over the tree eats chaim he and machazik and po, with some chaim Right, Rebbe? I'm on track, right? <laughs> so, of course, he made the Rebbe laugh with that because he just couldn't hold himself back from laughing. And naturally, if the Rebbe began to laugh, so the others started laughing too. <laughs> but there's only one kid not laughing. Hey guys, it's not funny. He hit me in the head. Now what's the matter with you? Arla, why'd you hit me in the head? Uh, I, I hit you in the head? What are you talking about? I don't know what you were dreaming about. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you started banging on my head. You're going boom, boom, boom. And you're saying, quiet, still, still, shah, shah. Everybody quiet. The Rebbe wants to speak. Since when are you a rabbi? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Arla, what were you dreaming about? Oh, well, um, um, um. I was all grown up. All grown up, uh-huh. 
And you were a shoemaker, you were banging away, and that's why you hit Shmulek in the head? No, 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 no. Aha. <coughs> uh -huh. You were a carpenter, and that's what you were doing? You were hitting him in the head because you were a carpenter, and you thought you were banging a piece of wood? No, 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 not exactly. Not exactly. Okay. And tell me what were you doing. Please, tell me, tell me, I want to know. Um, well, in my dream... I was um, daydreaming that, you know, I was so inspired when the Rebbe was speaking and everything, and I thought, you hear this, Rebbe? I thought that, um, um, you know, uh, um, I thought that, um, um, yeah, um, 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 um. No, tell me already what it was. Yeah, if you hit me in the head, I, I, I should know why you hit me in the head, don't you think so? All right, all right. I was imagining that I was all grown up, and I was a rav in a big shtetl. And I was giving a drusha, and I was explaining how, uh, you know, a, a yid is compared to a tree, how we have to root ourselves. I, we heard that part, yes, yes, and? And, and then um, I, I heard noises. I think subconsciously people were laughing at me because I must have been doing something out loud in the dream. Uh, quite so, quite so. A anyway, so, um, I, uh, well, I, um, I, in, the in my daydream, and I was imagining I was the rub, and I saw I was getting rowdy, so I took my hands and I was banging on the beamer. <laughs> Does my head look like a beamer to you? You were banging me right in the head. Look at that, I almost got a bump over there. Well, Baruch Hashem, you don't. I guess you have a hard head. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Baruch Hashem for that. All right, all right, listen. Adela, you caused a disruption of the classroom, okay? Well, why? I didn't do that on purpose. I mean, everybody started looking at me. Well, your daydream started to become an outdream. You know what I mean? You were living your daydream, and everybody's hearing it, and they turn around, and they saw you distracted. So once again, I'm sorry to say, for a punishment for disturbing the class like this, and daydreaming so much, I'm afraid that you are going to have to stay after class. You'll have to be here. I'll decide how long you should be here, but you're going to have to stay after class. Maybe a half hour, maybe, okay? But whatever it is, and maybe if you're good for the rest of the time, I'll only keep you for 15 minutes, okay? But please, Arla, stop with the daydreaming. You're not going to become a Talmud Chuchim by daydreaming. You're going to become a Talmud Chuchim by learning. Not daydreaming, okay? You can't wake up one day and say, Okay, I'm a Talmud Chuchim. It's a guidance, I say. It doesn't go that way. You have to uh, you have to put in hard work. That's what you have to do. Um, okay, Rebbe. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, guys, you can turn back around. Listen to the Rebbe. Uh, Rebbe wants to talk now. Go ahead. Listen to the Rebbe. And so, of course, everybody turned around and they looked at the Rebbe and of course, you know, um, uh, you know, like even Ariela, Ariela, he, he turned around. Ariela said, "I'm listening." I hope so. Yeah. And listen, uh, could you just like move a little bit that way? Move your chair a little bit more, a little bit more. Uh, why? What's the matter? Do I got bad breath or something? No, 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 no. You got a bad hand. I don't want to get hit by you again. So this is if you get carried away in your daydream. I'm not going to daydream anymore. You'll see. I'm going to stop. I'm stopping. I'm stopping right now. I am no longer daydreaming. I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. You'll see. I am awake. <laughs> Very good. And stop talking now. So this way I can actually continue teaching. And so the Rebbe continued teaching. And after he finished... With uh, the talking about Tuvashvat, naturally he went over and he went on and he taught whatever they were learning, whether it be Mishnayas or Chumash, whatever it was learning in that time period. And then finally, the time was up. And, and uh, you know, I don't think they had a bell the same way we have now, but whatever it is, they looked at the clock and the Rebbe said, Okay, Kinderlech, Kinderlech, Kinderlech. The Tzad to Shoin Genik, Shoin yes, the class. Okay, the time is up. It's time to end the class. Everybody be careful how you walk home and try to walk in groups so that uh, the Antismitim don't start up with you, okay? 
And uh, be careful, uh, you know, the police are not such nice people over here either, unfortunately. A lot of them are gross anti-Semitic, they're very big anti-Semites over here in Lodz. So please be very, very careful, okay? All right. And you, uh, where do you think you're going, Arla? Ah, uh, me? Ah, uh, well, you dismissed the class, so I was just uh, about to go home and, uh, and, uh... And you are going to wait right here, remember what I said? Oh, I thought you changed your mind. Does it look like I changed my mind? Um, I don't know. Um, well, um, mm, uh, uh, um, I guess not. <laughs> uh, sit over there, please. Uh, uh, sit over there? Uh, but I have so many chairs. Can I sit there? Sit over there. Okay, I'll sit over here. <laughs> okay, here I am. Uh, do me a favor. Be very quiet when you're sitting here, okay? Oh, well, what's the Rebbe gonna do? Uh, uh, I'm going to... Learn, Abyssal, while you're here sitting and waiting. Uh, 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 oh, okay. Why are you singing? Because I have nothing else to do. But why don't you take a safe and learn? I, I can't learn it by myself. Aha, uh -huh. I see. You know, you're reminding me of a very interesting story. Uh, uh, an interesting story? Like what? Well, <clears throat> years ago... This was also in Poland. I forgot what shtetl it was. Uh, but there will be a person, I will call him Jochenen uh, Eisen, okay? Jochenen uh, Eisen, okay. What about him? Well, uh, anyways, Jochenen Eisen was a rich man in the shtetl. And he was well-to-do. And one day he was sitting with his family and he was hopping a schmooze. Okay. Rabuisai, I think it'd be a very good idea if we decided that we should leave Poland and move to Eretz Israel. You all know. Oh, sure, Tatsi, I know. You have such a big desire. You're always talking about Eretz Yisrael. You once visited there, and you said it was so beautiful and everything. And, and, and they're eating that are, are dwellers over there, and so on and so forth. And, and you know, what's the difference? Uh, I, I know what you want to say. Uh, which line is saying, Tati, what's the difference if we have to put up with the anti-Semitic that are over here, the anti-Semites here, or we have to put up with the uh, anti-Semites that are in Eretz Yisrael because over there there are a lot of Arabic anti-Semites over there and over here there's a lot of Polish anti-Semites so what's the difference where it is uh, let's do it in a place that's holy and if we keep ourselves uh, heiling like you say we're gonna be zeichel to be protected <laughs> that's right and that's what I say all the time okay so, um, let's see what we're going to do. I'm going to stop putting aside money. I'm going to make reservations on the boat. I'm going to do this. Hanala, uh, what do you think? Is it a good idea? Whatever you say. If you want to go to Eretz or live, I live there. You know what I mean? I do whatever my husband wants. I trust you. You want to go to Eretz We go to Eretz Israel. what about a cheder? You don't think there's a cheder in Eretz Israel? They're probably better chedurim. I don't want to say better. Okay, I mean, it's going to be good chedurim. Don't worry. Don't worry about a thing. Uh, okay. And sure enough, the kinderach were telling their friends in the cheder. And so my father said, we are going to have to get ready to move to Eretz Yisrael. What? You're gonna move to Eretz Yisrael? Did you hear that, boys? Yeah, I heard that. He's gonna move to Eretz Yisrael. Wow. I'm gonna tell my parents. Now, of course, this person, Jochenen Eisen, was a very special person. Because, number one, he was well-to-do. He was very successful in his business. And also, not only was he successful, in his business, but there was another thing that he did that was very, very special. And you know what that was? Um, no. What was it? Ah, it's a very big Baltzedokah. Very big Baltzedokah. And people in the town were talking. Ostergeherd, what's going to happen now? Ostergeherd and Yechonizen has decided he's going to move to Arid Israel. He wants to live in Eretz Israel. He wants to retire and move to Eretz Israel. 
What do you think? Eh? Tell me, which Huxley? Well, uh, I, I understand him very much. If I had the money, I think I would move to Eridge's Road too, but I don't have the money. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't have the money. If I had the money, yes, I would go there. <laughs> but in the meantime, we don't have the money, and, and he helps us out over here, and he's good cousin. Um, I think um, that maybe uh, we should ask him to stay. And so they went over and they asked him to stay. So the people went over to him, and they asked him to stay. And like uh, somebody came over, I'm here representing other dimension here in Inzivistetl, and our statue, and uh, they, uh, they asked that I should ask you, please reconsider and not move to Eretz Israel. Yeah, how could I not move to Eretz Israel? Eretz Israel is a beautiful place. It's the Kedusha over there, and it should be everybody's uh, passion. As the Rambam said, we should have a desire to want to go and move and live in Eretz Israel. And that's what I want to do. And of course, at that time, it wasn't, uh, you know, so bad in Eretz Israel. I mean, sometimes they didn't get along, the race, whatever. And so he, he, he said to them, Sorry, I'm sorry. I made up my mind. This is what I'm going to do. I know. You're worried about uh, money for tzedakah. Well, guess what I did? I left money with the shamans of the town. They got my tzedakah, and I told them how to distribute it. And I told them how to invest some money so the money will always regain money so the funds will go on for a long time. I'm also going to send my address when I find a place where I'm going to stay. I'm going to send my address, okay? And that's what I'm going to do, okay? All right, if that's what you're going to do, I have a We couldn't convince him. What's the limit I don't know. It's And sure enough, they couldn't convince him. And the day came, they took their baggages and everything. He arranged a wagon driver to drive them to the seaport. Okay, so the mamish, the wagon driver was there. All right, I'm ready. Everybody aboard. Everybody up. Oh, boy. <coughs> so much stuff over here. Are you going to leave some stuff here? Uh, yes, I'm going to leave all my furniture. We're just taking our clothing, our belongings, and our sworn. Okay? The main things we need, you understand? That's what we're doing. Okay, no worry. Listen, I'm paying you. This is what your job is. Yes, okay, no problem. Okay, okay. And sure enough, went over and they took him to the seaport. And then the captain was over there and the captain said, Take it, please, take it, please, take it, please. Let me see, take it, please. Ah, you got a ticket. Very good, very good, very good. Okay, I'm bored. Wow, the old family. Okay, ticket, 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 ticket. Ah, great. Everybody, ticket. Everyone on board. And so they boarded the ship and everything, and they were on the ship. And the ship would sail out, and you would hear the oceans rocking back and forth. And sometimes the trip was very nice, meaning there was beautiful weather, and sometimes there were storms. There was thunder, there was lightning. And heavy rains pouring up. And there would also be uh, winds blowing. And all of these kind of things were happening. It was, it was very interesting, you understand? And so all of these strange things were happening. And then after the storm had come down, everybody said, huh? Buruch Hashem, Buruch Hashem, they would say, Hashem, it calmed down, and they were all very happy. And finally, he reached Eretz Yisrael. Okay, and he goes over there, and he lands over there in Eretz Yisrael, and his family comes off, and sure enough, he hired a wagon to take them somewhere. Where? He doesn't know. He wanted to go where the Jewish population was. And so, he started to go there. When he went there, I just want you to know, are you listening, Arlo, or are you daydreaming? No, 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 I'm listening very much. I never heard this story before. Uh, all right. Anyways, it's good to listen to this. Okay, so everyone is carrying in their hands some packages, a bag or luggage, whatever, whatever they can carry. So this way, they didn't have to hire another wagon driver. So they're walking in to one of the cities over there, place to go to some gate, and there's a man over there, and he's standing there selling pomegranates. 
Pomegranates? Pomegranates? Anybody want pomegranates? Yoo-hoo! Want to buy a pomegranate? Oh, I see. You're new around here. I see you got your baggage and everything. That's very nice. Very nice. Would you like to buy some pomegranates? Yeah, well, uh, it's a very interesting idea. Uh, uh, pomegranate. I never had a pomegranate. You, you, anybody here ever have a pomegranate? And, of course, in those days, it wasn't imported over there, so if they didn't get it from Eric's Throne or other places that grow pomegranates, they didn't have it. When they were in Poland, they never had a pomegranate. Never had a pomegranate before. Okay. So, anyways, so he looks at it and he says to his children, Kindelach and my dear wife, guess what? These are fruit from Eric's Israel, and a pomegranate is one of the seven minim that is mentioned in the Torah. It's a big schuss. I think we should go over and buy a pomegranate. Uh, let's take a few pomegranates for everybody. Okay, come, let's go. And of course, they didn't know much about pomegranates. So they went over, and they bought a few pomegranates. They paid for it. And of course, they caught the pomegranate in pieces and divided it. And that was that. And the father said, I'm sure that because this fruit comes from Eretz Yisrael, I'm sure it's going to be a very sweet fruit. No question in my mind. It could be very sweet. <laughs> okay, everybody make a bruche. Okay, Tati. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> My right, prayer age. And of course, uh, they all made their bracha. They made their bracha. And, um, you know, they took a bite into it. And one of the little ones says, Ugh, Tati, Tati, Tati! I thought these fruits and Eridus Roll were supposed to be sweet! Oh my goodness, I've got so many pits of that, and it, it tastes awful, it's bitter! Ah, uh, one second, let me bite more. Oh, it's bitter, ugh! And let me see mine. <laughs> it can't be. Yeah, I don't know why I have such a bitter taste. It's supposed to be very sweet. Oh, they're right. It's bitter. Hey, one second here. Let me see this. Oh, let me take a look at this. Let me try it myself. <laughs> it was bitter. Oy, oy, oy. I can't take this. It's very bitter. Oy, 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 oy. <sighs> this is terrible. And of course, they thought the pomegranate was terrible. And so, uh, that's kind of funny. Uh, when I have a pomegranate, it's pretty sweet. Yes, yes, because we managed to bring pomegranates in our part of Lord. So, yeah, so you know what the pomegranate is. But let me, let me finish this, okay? And anyway, so what happened was this. They come into a shtetl area with a lot of hidden over there. I'm not sure if it was like Svas area. Whatever it was, they came to a nice gagging. And he's thinking about trying to find an apartment, a place, whatever it is. And he met some people. And the people invited him into the house. And when they sit down, they see on the table, they had a fruit bowl. And in the fruit bowl was a bunch of pomegranates. Um, excuse me. Uh, welcome to my home. And while I help you try to find a place that you could rent for your home, I would like you to uh, sit down and make a brucha over here. Um, you could eat these pomegranates. They're mamish. It's a very sweet crop this year. The pomegranates are from the best pomegranates ever. I'm telling you, like Ankamayhu. You never tasted such wonderful pomegranates before like this. I'm telling you. Uh, well, Gatnusia, uh, we don't like pomegranates. We tried one before, and it was very bitter. What? Pomegranates are not bitter. Pomegranates are very sweet. A pomegranate from Mary's Israel for sure sweet. Uh, how could it be? Why did you try my pomegranate? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell me. Uh, maybe it's the way you ate it. Did you have a pomegranate back in Poland? Well, where we lived, we didn't have any pomegranates. No, not really. Okay, so, uh, no, we didn't. <laughs> so tell me, why don't you try this pomegranate the right way? Tell me how you ate it. What do you mean? We rinse it off a bissel, and then we make a bruche, and we go <laughs> bite into it like that. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Why is that so funny? Like any fruit. 
You brush it off, wash it off, and you make a bruch and you bite into the fruit. That's not the way you eat a pomegranate. And those seeds that you're talking about over there, that's what you're eating. You, they have juices in it. Some people swallow the pits, and some people just spit out the pits after they suck on the juice and get all the pomegranate juice out of it. Here, let me show you how. And of course, he showed them how. He showed them how to do it. And what happened was is, he cut the pomegranate open. He pulled out the seeds. And he said, try the seeds. And the mom is just like he said. It was smooth. It was delicious. It was sweet, not bitter. And they were amazed. And they realized that they didn't understand how to eat the fruit. Now, you know why I told you this story? Uh, so when I'm eating a pomegranate, I should know how to eat it? <laughs> No. What is you daydreaming about? What were you daydreaming, huh? Tell me. Uh, I was daydreaming about being a rub in a shul. And I grow up because that's what I want to be. I want to be a rubber or a rub, and I want to steig away and learning. And I want to give drushes and everything. Uh, so you are like the man who bought the pomegranate. What do you mean? So you think that you're going to be a Talmud Chochem um, a rabbit that gives drushes and the what, or the roof, you think it's going to happen just like that, eh? No, I think it's going to happen just like maybe like that. Not two snaps, not one step. You're like the person who ate the pomegranate. You think that you know how to be a rub. You think uh, like the person thought, ah, pomegranate, you didn't like any other fruit. He beat him to it very bitter. He didn't realize you have to peel off the shulachs. You have to peel off the the, the rim, the the, 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 the the peels, you understand? And then you have to eat the inside. The inside is sweet. So you can't become a rov by just thinking, oh, I want to become a rov. When I grow up, I'm going to be a rov. No, 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 it doesn't happen that way. If you want to be a rov, the way you become a rov is by studying toicha. You have to learn a lot. You have to learn a lot of Torah. You have to learn a lot of Haluchis and everything. You have to learn a lot of Chumish, Mishnayas, Medrashim, Mephoshim, everything you have to learn. And then, if you know enough, and you pass all these tests to get smichas and everything, then, as Hashem, you can apply to be a Rav somewhere. <laughs> it doesn't just happen like that. You can't just go, I want to be a rub. Then you're going to be like the person that bites right into the pomegranate rindle, the shulechs, the outside peel, and it's going to be very bitter. You can't go up there and say, I want to be a rub, and therefore they're going to put you up there. You have to have qualifications, you understand? And just at that moment, just at that moment, in walked one of the Lord's police officers. Rabbi... Step aside over there. I'm coming in here. And the rabbi looked at him. He said, I should it. Excuse me. Officer, why are you here? Was there a crime done over here? Don't know exactly if there was a crime done here or not. One thing I could tell you clearly. Right? I'm here doing a government inspection. Hey, isn't this after school hours? Eh... Uh, yeah, yes, if I. Well, okay. Yeah. Why is that kid over here? Why isn't he going home? Uh, well, he was misbehaving and he had to stay here a little bit for detention. Well, hey, kid, get out of here now. Get away from here as fast as you can. And go home. And don't make any more trouble, okay? Otherwise, I have to lock you up in jail. <laughs> That's a better punishment for the kid. Goodbye, kid. Uh, uh, goodbye. Uh. All right, Rabbi. Don't mind. I'm going to look around now, okay? Uh, 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 fine, but what are you looking for? I don't know. I'm here to inspect for the governor. Thinks maybe you Jewish people are hiding something strange. Wow. That police officer, I don't know. He was wearing a gun and everything, but there's something different about him. I don't know if he's here for a real inspection, because he didn't show the Rebbe any papers or anything. But he had a real police badge. Hmm. Let me see what I could do over here. I know what I'll do. I'll hide in this supply closet that's right next to my classroom. I'll leave it open a little bit. And this way I can hear what's going on. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. 
All right, let me see what's going on here. Let's see. Uh, okay, it's uh, very good. All right, I see. You know, okay. Okay. All right. I think you passed inspection, all right? Okay. Take care, Ramoy. And make sure we don't ever catch you doing things against the government. Chas v'sholem, heaven forbid. We are law-abiding citizens. Uh, good day, officer. Or I should say good night. Yeah, good night. Okay. And so the police officer went out. And a few moments later, the Rebbe said, All right, I don't have to stay any later because, I mean, <laughs> the policeman sent uh, out of the home. Okay, I will go home. And sure enough, he went home. And now the place was empty, but there was only one person hiding in the closet, and that was Arla. Meantime, when that policeman went outside, he met us a few other police officers. All right, Peter. So I went in. <laughs> Gave him a little scare. They have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what. I bet you... Ten zlatis. Yeah, it is. I'm betting you ten zlatis that you don't have the guts to go back in there when no one's there and take their sforum, their books, you know, the holy books, and just rip it apart. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay? Bet you don't have that guts. <laughs> oh, yeah? You just look through the window, okay? You just look through the window, and I'm going to go in. See that window? That room? That's where I just was. I know. When I looked around, they have holy books in those closets there. Okay, you know what? I'm going in there. You watch me from the window. Get your ten slotters ready. And you, Carl, you'll be a witness. Yeah, I'll be a witness. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Let me see you do it. Okay, I'm going in. And sure enough, that police officer, he went right back inside the building. He looked around. He didn't see anybody there. Arlo was about to come out of the closet. All right, I guess I could go home. At, whoops, whoa, I hear footsteps. Whoop, let me close my door. Now, of course, in those days, the policemen didn't just wear shoes. Many of them wore boots, and this policeman was wearing boots too, and they had those heels that clock and they go. So he was walking in. Oh, boy, uh-oh, that's the policeman. <gasps> he coming back. What's he doing? He has a smile on his face, more of a smirky kind of smile. What's he doing? Oh, no, he's going into my classroom. Oh, you know what? Let me just sneak out of the closet. Let me just walk over here quietly. Let me peek through the door. He doesn't see me. Good, good. His back is turned. Okay, uh, let me see what he's doing. <laughs> what? He's going to the closet with his farm on. All right. You're watching me, right? Okay, here I go. Oh, <laughs> I open up this closet. Let me rip up the papers. Yes, see there, look. See, it says see door. I don't know if I'm reading right, upside down, right side up. <laughs> and he started ripping out pages from Sidurim. And then he took Kamoshim and Gemaras and Mishnais. He started ripping pages out. <laughs> and this anti-Semitic, this anti-Semitic, the anti-Semitic cop, this policeman from Lodz, he was really going to town with this. He was desecrating him. Oh, no. He's going to be so angry. And Arla thought, he's going to be a tough guy and use his imagination. Huh, I had to go in there and teach that man a lesson. I'll just beat him up. I'll stop him from ripping the papers out. Oh, wait a minute. I better stop dreaming now. got to be real. I'm just an 11-year-old kid. What can I do? He's tearing the pages. He's three times my size. Knowing that, he's got a gun. Wait a minute. I can't go to Rebbe's house. He lives on the other side of the town of Ludge. <gasps> the Rav. Rab Elio Chaim. He lives nearby. Yes. I'm going to go to him. And sure enough, he ran to him as fast as he could. And when he arrived there, he knocked on the door and the Rav said, Please, please, relax, relax. Tell me, Adela, what's the problem? And, of course, he told over the whole story. Aha! Uh -huh. And he's still there? Yeah, he's still there. I will come there. Right now. And sure enough, the Rav came. And Rab Elio Chaim, he came over there. And he walks in quietly to the building. And he says, Go hide in the same place you were before. And the Rav walks into the classroom. 
Aha! What do you think you're doing? And the policeman turns around. The policeman turns around at that moment. And he gives a look. Hey, what should I do now? The rabbi of the town is here. That's the famous rabbi of the town. Anybody starts up with the Jews and he gets involved, he somehow outsmarts everybody. Too clever for that. Well, you know what? I could go over and beat him up, or maybe arrest him, or maybe kill him. But no, I can't do that, because there'll be investigations, and they'll find out he didn't do anything, because he's one of the most upright citizens here. So hard to prove anything. So what am I going to do? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, I just thought about it. All I did was a little vandalism. I ripped a couple of pages. Yeah! What I'll say is, I went over and ripped out pages because uh, he, uh, I, I heard that these pages were speaking bad about the czar. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's a great idea. I like that. Okay, Rabbi, what's your problem? My problem is, why are you ripping out these pages here? Why are you destroying these books? These are holy books. You have some nerve. Huh. I'm going to report you. <laughs> Your word against mine, Rabbi. No way. Uh, I'm a police officer. They're going to believe me before you. We'll see about that. You are despicable. I cannot let you get away with this. No way, no how. I will see what I can do. Sure, you do that. <laughs> and trust me, my buddies will back me up. Okay, I'm going out of here. Goodbye, Rabbi. Toodaloo. Happy cleanup time. And sure enough, he left. That bad policeman, that antisemitic policeman left. And after he left, the Rav called Arla to come out. And Arla came out. And together, both of them were cleaning up the mess. They were picking up all the shamers now and piling it up, piling it up. And then the Rav said, Listen to me, Arla, I need you to come with me. Okay? I want you to understand that I want you to come with me and you're going to help me. Would you like to do that? Uh, yeah, sure. Help the Rav. No problem at all. And so he went with the Rav. They carried up all the Shamish because, you know, when you have everything attached in a book and it's bound, so it's much easier to carry. But when all the loose papers around and didn't have no bags or whatever, so they cut and slept at this and they brought it to the Rav's house. And the Rav started spreading out the papers or the pages. What's the Rav trying to do? Are you going to try to scotch tape all the pages back together? It's a very interesting idea, but this is going to have to be buried in Seamus. I'm looking for something special. Give me the pages from the Sidurim, okay? Bring me the pages. All right, um, um, here you go. Uh, what are you looking for? I'll know when I find it. Not this one. Not this one. Ah, here it is. Very good. And so the Rav, he went over to the judge over there, and he wanted to file a complaint. Your Honor, I want to file a complaint against the police officer... Okay, the police officer named Paul Alesmo. Okay, Paul Alesmo, he went in and he came back after an inspection and decided to rip up the pages of our holy books. I want that he should be pressed charges on him and he should be arrested and go to jail. Just because a police officer doesn't mean he's above the law and it doesn't mean that he could do whatever he wants. Okay? All right, we'll see what we can do, all right? And we'll make a trial tomorrow, a hearing, okay? And sure enough, they made a hearing the next day. And he was there with his buddies. You're right, remember, guys. You're my witnesses. I went back in because I came out and told you that I saw pages that are against the czar. That's what it is. Right. Okay. As you say. Yeah, of course. No problem. Whatever you say, we're going to back you. No problem at all.
<laughs> this is going to be fun. And the Rav went over to Arla. Arla, you have a big piece in this uh, ongoing trial. Do you know that? Me? I'm going to go up there and you're going to ask me to testify? No, 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 no. You're not going to be asked to testify. You're going to watch to see the other Shem. You were there. You know that? And uh, in Bayash you're going to see how a Kodesh Baruch protects us, especially when we're worthy. Okay, Kim, are you coming? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're going to sit over here and everything nice. And sure enough, the judge walked in. And when the judge walked in, he went over and he said the following. All right. <coughs> All right. This court will now come to order. All right. Now we have a very big complaint here filed. It's a very big complaint. The rabbi, the chief rabbi for the Jewish people in the city of Lodz over here is bringing a very big complaint against the police officer by the name of, what's your name again? Paul Alesmo, okay. Paul Alesmo, um, what do you have to say about these charges? Well, uh, Your Honor, let me tell you something. I'm a police officer. I've been a police officer in love for quite a long time. Many, many, many years. So many years I can't even count them. Okay, but I just want to tell you like this. I was sent to inspect over here. And I went outside to my friends, uh, you know, Carl and, you know, and everything. And I went over and I told Peter and Carl, you know, I told them uh, what I found. You understand? So I told them I found uh, things that were speaking against the government. And they told me... It's my duty to go inside over there and rip apart the pages and destroy it so this way there's nothing offensive against the government. You understand? I see. And this is what you claim is your defense? Yeah, that's right. I didn't do anything wrong. And besides, all I did was rip a few pages. <laughs> What's the difference? I rip a page, a page, a page. And there's pages. Hey, the rabbi feels offended. He wants me to pay for a new uh, prayer book or whatever it was that I ripped it. Fine, I'll pay for the prayer book, okay? That's it. Yeah, But I think I was doing a patriotic thing, so I shouldn't even have to pay for the prayer book. Uh, 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 he should be thankful I didn't arrest him and put him in prison uh, for what they were doing there. I see what you say. Very interesting. Okay, now, Rabbi... What is, uh, you, I mean, well, uh, what do you have to say? First of all, this police officer is lying. Because if he really understood Hebrew, and he understood the translation of the words, then he would know that um, this is not true. Not true at all what he's saying. He is lying, and I will prove it to his um, honor, okay? Mr. George? I want to show you something. This here page, which is ripped out from the city, is not just a page. This page is a prayer. We Jewish people know that we are guests in a land that is not ours. We are guests over here. We know that. And so therefore, we include in our prayers a prayer for the Tsar. Look, I read you. Okay, this page is called Hanoisein Teshua, the one who gives us, the one who gives the, the, the helping hand, okay? And we pray for the benefit of our country that's hosting us, understand? So this is a prayer for the Tsar. I think that this punishment of this police officer should not be just to pay for the prayer book. I think what he did was, he didn't just insult us Jewish people. He did worse than that. <coughs> worse than that? What could he have done? What are you talking about? I didn't do worse than that. Oh, yes, you did. And let me explain you how you did it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> how did I do it, okay? You want to tell me how I did it? Okay? How did I do it? Okay. 
you insulted the Tsar. It's not an insult here because you ripped up prayers that we say that the Tsar should be healthy and, and everything shall go good. So therefore, you deserve punishment. <laughs> How do you say, Anna? Well, of all things I've ever heard. Indeed, this officer shall be uh, uh, deposed of being a police officer. Not only that, for the crime of insulting his eye, he shall spend four years in prison. And so, sure enough, he got four years in prison. And then, of course, the, the Rav, who did not know, Rav Meisels, did not know that the reason why Arla was originally kept in the classroom was because of detention. Because by the time the Rav came, <laughs> the Rav went home, the Rebbe went home already. So what was he doing there? So suddenly, what ended up happening was, is that the Rav said, By the way, Arla, what were you doing here so late after Yeshiva? Oh boy, I can't tell him that I was here for detention. Um, um, I, um, I... Uh, I know what it is. I know what it is. You're an aspiring Talmud Chochem. You stayed here after Yeshiva to learn some more. That's the way to become a Talmud Chochem. Yes, yes. I'm very proud of you, Arla. And sure enough, they both left. And Arla started thinking, Wow, if the Rav of the town thinks that I'm a big Talmud Chochem, then I better live up to it. And sure enough, from that day on, Arla stopped daydreaming, but instead he put his head to work very hard on concentrating his learning, and Itaka grew up to be a very big masmid. Whether it was a rov or not, I don't know. I didn't find any more information on that. Wow, look at the clock. It's late. Ah, okay, it's time to say goodbye. Everybody have a wonderful Shabbos, a great weekend. Goodbye.